today we are talking about two things. First, Alter launching chat features, and then we'll get into the PitchBook report that just came out that covers Q1 2022 blockchain activity and makes a couple calls for the rest of the year. Also looking back at 2021. So Alter, as people know, it's a private chat platform that uses the secret network blockchain to securely encrypt your message metadata. And it basically allows you to communicate without any third parties surveilling you, tampering with the content, or monetizing your behavior. Now, people know I'm on the team at Alter. This is a really exciting release today to allow for a much more seamless chat interaction beyond the MVP that has been out where it's just emailing. So wanted to take a moment to kind of plug and allow people to, to know about this. And we're also doing a giveaway. So I'm going to personally be purchasing 10 Alter IDs for any people listening to the podcast. Just DM us on the call-in app or send us a message on Twitter and yeah, claim, claim these. So you'll be able to come in. We're going to set up a chat room. It'll be a crypto chemistry altar room. You can come in, chat with us, and we'll be there. It's it's going to be great, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. So, with that, I just wanted to pivot into this blockchain twenty twenty report. So, Jake, I mean, this report was pretty comprehensive. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of data. I suppose if you wouldn't mind taking the lead on this one, and then yeah, for sure, we can discuss. Yeah, so this was a really big uh, report that really focused on um, a lot of the deals that were made. But um, actually, the report really starts off at a high level, looking at just how far crypto, Web3, and all of its component uh, industries, if you will, have come. Uh, and it runs all the way up through the first quarter. So we get a very up-to-date look at what the environment looks like. And uh, it also tries to look at some of the shortfalls, some of the areas that you know I think we're all looking for some improvement in. Uh, but then it's really nice because we get to de deep dive into some of those industries, some of those uh, categories, verticals, whatever the nomenclature you want to use, NFTs, the metaverse, um, just some of the major themes that we're all kind of looking at today. Uh, so I want to highlight just a couple of things right off the bat because we can get into the, the guts of this. But um, as of uh, last year, uh, last year was really an outlier year. No matter how you slice and dice it, in terms of deals that were made and the money that flowed into crypto companies, specifically out of venture capital, it was, it was the rocket year. It, it was the year that shows exponential growth. There were 1,600 companies in 2021 who raised almost $24 billion in VC funding. And so far in the first three months of this year, we're up to five and a half billion. So um, more of the same. And what we notice really is that DeFi is leading the way, uh, especially exchanges. That seems to be where a lot of the venture capital money is flowing into. And a side note, I know that we probably have an international audience, but I think most of our listeners are probably U.S.-based. I know we are. Um, if you have a rooting interest for the United States, you can kind of cheer a bit as uh, the highest number of companies that got that funding was in the U.S. 
so there's a lot of categories from here we can dive into. Um, and I thought we'd start with NFTs because there was $41 billion spent by investors and traders on NFTs in 2021, $41 billion. And uh, even though I think NFTs continue to be one of the most polarizing aspects of crypto, where you have people that readily acknowledge that it is, um, you know, is a digital representation of ownership. You have a lot of other people that think they're a fucking joke. Uh, and even in areas where they've been tried to implement it, they've been tried to have been implemented in, you know, legitimate, serious ways, especially gaming, you still just end up getting a lot of pushback. So, um, but empty seem to be where a lot of the money's going right now. Yeah. So looking at this, it was interesting because the three segments that they broke out in detail in this report were NFTs, DAOs, and then dev tools. Mm -hmm. And the NFT category, it had it was the only category that they broke out a taxonomy, which means they broke out like subcategories for the NFTs because there's a bunch going on there. So the taxonomy that they laid out were uh, gaming, marketplaces, metaverse, art, collectibles, music, sports, infrastructure. It's like this they're calling a catch-all category for a bunch of different things. So it's a little more nuanced than just profile pictures being traded. Mm -hmm. And I, I do wonder a little bit about this $41 billion figure, if that's a uh, total volume if, or what, what exactly, because you know, the, the wash trading articles that we hear about, you know, where there's oh, yeah. evidence mm -hmm. that the wash trading is, is happening. So I, I do look at that $41 billion number with a little skepticism, but yeah. It is obviously notable. Um, you know, um, a side note is that in this report, it breaks out some of the, um, the fund allocations for some of the biggest VC funds. And across the board, every single major VC fund that was analyzed, they all have a sizable, about at least 25% of their allocation is to NFTs. So Yeah, but it's also, they're startups that deal in NFTs, right? They're not necessarily buying the the non-fungible tokens themselves no no right yeah just to differentiate for people it's yeah. it's really i think they're trying to invest in either a the groups that are organizing the mints or b the companies that support the infrastructure i think where the the infrastructure being um nft wallets or nft analytics mm -hmm. nft minting tools that kind of thing yeah um, so, okay. Well, I think we kind of hit NFTs, uh, but you also mentioned DAOs and, uh, what's the metaverse? Yeah. So the, the DAO category, I mean, what I did, I, I added a little bit of extra analysis on these numbers. And mm -hmm. so they, they broke out the number of deals, the total number of dollars invested in the category, each of these three categories. And so I just divided the two to find an average dollar per deal. And the highest was the dev tool category. The lowest was actually the DAO category. And then NFTs were in the middle on this average dollar per deal. So what that tells me is that on average, investors are plowing the most money into dev tools, which makes sense because this is the category that includes infrastructure tooling. I mean, really the protocol development type of thing, which mm -hmm. I think makes sense 
it's where you have probably the highest ROI if you can build a protocol at the protocol, you know, you build at the protocol level and get adoption there, the base mm-hmm. layers, um, your potential upside is probably a lot higher than a cool DAO startup or a cool NFT thing. But yeah. um, I did want to highlight one thing that when you, you mentioned the, the numbers at the start. And so in 2021, there was about 24 billion, right? In uh, mm-hmm. total, total investment here. And then in 2022, the article, the, the the report made it sound like a really big deal that we're at like six billion year to date, which I agree it's a lot, but it's it's literally like twenty five percent. It's 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 around right around a quarter, and we are at the quarter end here. So yeah, but we're not on pace for like year over year growth. Not quite. No, it's it, but like if we're gonna get the exact same, it would be surprising to me if we get the exact same performance. Mm-hmm. Um. I would expect a little less, I guess, but at the same time, any, I don't know. Not you know, that actually reminds me, we did an article a while back where we looked at developer activity on GitHub. And one thing we noticed was that there was consistent growth over time. Um, but what you saw was a huge growth in developer activity during bull crypto markets. But when you have a bear uh, crypto market or a crypto winter, you don't see the opposite. You don't see developer activity drop off. You see it maintain. And while I think the last couple of weeks have been kind of nice for the crypto markets, I think we're, you know, it, it's been a rough couple of months. So the idea that VC money would stay flat or, you know, go on the same pace would track that trend. So, yeah. And that's what I wanted to get to was with, that's a great point because that makes also more bolstering for this dev tool category, why this would be the, the top category, but it's funny, right? Because the, uh, the total dollars invested, the NFT category wins at 6.5 billion, but on an average dollar per deal basis, the dev tool category wins. So on Mm -hmm. average, the average dev tool deal was 15 million on average. The, uh, and the average NFT deal was about 12.8 million. So Mm -hmm. dev tool deals are bigger in terms of check size than any of these other ones. And that's, I think why, right? Because if you can attract the developers, you develop a network effect where they have already sunk a year, two years learning how to code in your ecosystem. That's that makes them sticky. That that mind share becomes a network effect, and mm-hmm. um, that's how you build a, a. That's how you back a project that could go from a dollar a token to a hundred dollars a token. You know, so yeah. as a VC, you're just sitting there like, all right, let's go. Now, yeah, you have vested long-term interests. Yeah, and so I think just to kind of get to the, you know, the point here is where do we go from here? And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> two things. Number one, this article uh, talks about immense challenges remaining in front of blockchain startups. And I think that the point is they're hyper-capitalized. You know, there's a lot of excitement when there's like a new deal or a new launch, but Mm -hmm. that excitement kind of wanes. And then it's like, all right, you've now raised on average here, you know, five to $10 million. What are you going to do? Are you going to be able to actually deliver anything that like fulfills this promise that you've put out there in the market? That's the big question. And then, so we're going to have to, you know, watch that. And there will oh, be yeah. some who do that and some who don't. And then the other thing is that the broader public has become 
more cynical and polarized. And so Mm -hmm. the way to move forward and win public sentiment or even just favor from crypto investors is not going to be in media hype or evangelism, but in behind the scenes technological innovation that may not make media headlines. Yeah. And part of that just is a matter of time. You go back to any major uh, technological breakthrough from the car to the computer to even the light bulb. It takes decades. I'm not shitting you. Decades for the definition of like widespread adoption for even 10 or 50 percent of people to start using these technologies that are ubiquitous nowadays. And here we are. Crypto is what? Honestly, like 14 years old, if we want to take uh, the Bitcoin white paper as the starting gun. So, I mean, by those standards, uh, adoption is is impressive. But part of it is, yeah, it's just going to take time for people to get through the noise. And um, But I, I think there's some really strong, like, structural uh, positives to look at, especially, like, when it comes to, like, regulation, which uh, it seems like this year we're going to get a lot of clarity around. Um, and I'll also add a little note that I came away from this, um, something I've been thinking about, there seems to be this very small, but still significant, uh, growth of really strong supporters in at least in the U S in national politics. And it cuts across party lines. There's some Democrats and Republicans, again, a very small amount, but when you consider just how narrow the margins of power are in the United States, if even two Democratic senators and two Republican senators consider themselves the crypto caucus, then they kind of control the ball. You can't, if you need a 50 seat majority to do anything major legislative wise, well, now you have four senators across both parties that you have to convince to get on board with anything that you might want to do that might hurt the crypto community. So um, I just think the the regulatory framework, uh, Joe Biden's uh, approach with that, as well as some of the very vocal support from major national representatives, really kind of, I don't think we have to worry about some iron fist coming down from Washington, D.C., at least in the near term. Agreed. Agreed. And I think there was this other, this other uh, sentence here that said decentralization will be a means, not an end to the next wave of Internet innovation. And I mm-hmm. think the key there is to recognize as investors that there are going to be projects that are ultra hyper decentralized. I could yeah. name a couple at the application level. OK, so some of the applications that we've toyed with and looked at and used, I'm not going to name names. Some of these companies have projects that are, well, companies, projects, I don't know what you want to call them because they are pretty decentralized. Like they're very decentralized, but the, as an investment, they have not performed well, despite having fundamentally strong decentralized philosophies. So to your point there, I think you don't have to worry about an iron fist, but recognize that that some of these projects, like even even if they are truly the most innovatively decentralized groups, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the best investment, but they are nevertheless, they will remain important technologies. Well, it's kind of funny that cuts to the really one of the hearts of the techno libertarianism that still kind of rests at the political and philosophical heart of crypto. Uh, But the point is made in this article that that radical democratization of decision-making kind of comes along with a lack of agility, uh, which unfortunately is a bit at odds with cutting-edge technology. 
And so I, I would say, yeah, figuring out the decision-making, that kind of goes back to the Dow conversation a bit. Um, you know, this, this uh, broad democratization, um, yeah, yeah it, it's not a pure positive. It, it's kind of funky, has to be figured out. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not a simple situation to evaluate from, mm -hmm. from any angle. And uh, yeah. it requires nuanced discussion. So I think uh, with that, man, I mean, we've been, this has been great. It's been great. Morning. Oh man. Yeah, I know we could go off forever. One thing we didn't even talk about was interoperability, which is one of the major <laughs> uh, things to get over. I mean, especially because you and I talk about that all the time, uh, but yeah, we jabbered. Well, we got, we got a good episode coming up on the quote unquote blue show, the, the other crypto chemistry, the long form channel. Um, we'll get that conversation recorded soon but maybe we just loop it into that one man hell yeah yeah man i think we're even going to be talking about um interoperable networks next week too so a lot more to come awesome well for everybody out there again send us a message about the alter id giveaway because we'll be launching our alter group chat for you to come on into and then of course like and subscribe and we'll be back tomorrow for more daybreak crypto